2: Well, the Rays open a series against the Marlins in Miami. We're just about a quarter of the way through the season. Nine games over 500 are the Rays, and they're still in first place in the American League East. We'll give you our thoughts about how they got here and what the next quarter may look like. And one of those players that have helped them to a fast start is Yandy Diaz, who has eight home runs already this season. John Romano wrote a great column in the Tampa Bay Times today about what has been the difference in Diaz and his new home run power, and we'll touch on that. And we've got the Rays pre- and post-game host, Neil Solons, is going to join us in just a minute to give us his insights on the Rays on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Hey, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Now, Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of this great offer on brand-new quality train air conditioning units or to schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. Neil Solons joins us now. And, Neil, uh, good time to talk about the Rays And as much as we're about a quarter of the way through the season, and I, I think most people would be more than thrilled uh, with what the Rays have done at this point in terms of uh, as many games as they are over 500, and uh, as we speak right now, uh, still hanging on to first place in the L East. But where where would you evaluate sort of the first 39 games and, and how they have progressed?
0: Well, you know, I, I definitely would agree with you that if someone were to say to me you're going to be on pretty close to 100-win pace, I definitely would take it. Um, and I also would probably take it in light of the injuries. I mean, you look at the first quarter of the season, they've played without Matt Duffy. Um, who Mm -hmm. I still think is an important piece of the puzzle Uh, they've done it without um, you know without Joey Wendell for a good portion of it and I think those are probably two contact hitters in the lineup um, that uh, they've probably missed especially with guys in scoring position I think that if I were to say where are the areas where maybe they can do better I definitely would think that would be one area hitting with runners in scoring position and I think probably more than that is the the overall team defense. and I think those two guys Mm have i have certainly been missed there, especially in the infield. Um, I think before the injuries to both catchers, I thought the catchers were doing an outstanding job. And and obviously, by and large, I think you know the pitching staff was doing probably even better than I would have thought. And that's a big reason why the Rays are in the position they're in. And then offensively, I would say probably the most, maybe not surprising performer, but the best performer, even though he did have a stint on the injured list in terms of consistency when he's been in the lineup, has probably been Austin Meadows.
2: Yeah, no question. Uh, he he's been he's been their leading guy, and, and I wanted you said something about the defense that I wanted to pick up on. And there's there's no question that injuries have affected that to some degree. But then we've seen Daniel Robertson, and at times maybe Willie Adamas make not make the routine play as routinely as you would expect them to. So, um, what what do you think's kind of happened there? Can guys go into a defensive slump, or they're just not really performing up to to what uh, the Rays had hoped they would?
0: I definitely think they can. I mean, when I look back at, at last year, I do remember stretches where I saw games, at least, especially in the first half of the year, where I didn't think the group played well or as well defensively as I would have hoped. Um, you know, sometimes it, it there's there's a combination of factors. Sometimes it could be mental. Sometimes it could be allowing the offense to impact the defense. Um, you know, sometimes you forget that guys are human beings and they may be dealing with something that you as a as a someone who covers the team or someone who, you know, um, otherwise they, they may be dealing with something off the field that we don't know about that we may never know about. Um, and, and all of that plays into the human factor although, all this, or, or they may just be having a, a difficult year for whatever reason. Um, I, I do believe that in Daniel's case, he started to play much better defense, let's say, in the last week. Um, you know, and, and I think that Willie is certainly, you know, I, I thought in spring training he played very, very well defensively. Um, and I thought the first couple of weeks, I thought he was pretty solid. He's had some stretches where he's not been as consistent, but I do think also that can even out uh, over the course of time, too. I think I think in, in the, uh, the last homestand, I thought he, he started to swing the bat a little bit better, and you know, hopefully his overall play just evens out.
2: You know, it's interesting, uh, and Kevin Cash has said this, where the, the Rays are going to play a lot of close games. It's sort of the way they're built in some respects. Um, but their record in one and two run games isn't very good. On, on the other hand, when they've separated, they've they've done very very well because of the pitching, uh, I would imagine. Um, what what do you think is is sort of accounting for that? In other words, uh, is it that they that they struggle offensively or just not consistent enough to really gain a, a lot of separation? Um, just well, it just seems I mean, a little backwards.
0: The, like the two run games they've been better than the one run games, and and the yeah. one run games they've lost are what zero and four in extra innings. They haven't scored a single run in an extra game. game. <laughs> I, right. I don't know about you, right. but I don't know you're going to find a
2: way to win. Hard to win those. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: So, I mean, I, you know, I, I know that's probably oversimplifying it, but I do think some yeah. of that comes down to hitting with runners in scoring position. I do think yeah. some of that comes down to, let's say guys like Duffy and Wendell being a little more settled and maybe a little more contact driven and, and, there have been times where like even the Yankee series, I thought this group, even though they, they scored some two out runs, a lot of the runs that they scored were very dependent on the home run ball. Um, you know, when they didn't hit the home run ball against the Yankees, they had a tough time scoring runs. And I, I think they're capable of more than that, because if I look at like, let's say their first month or so this year and the last two months last year, they were much more balanced. And um, I think getting Austin Meadows back in the lineup consistency will help consistently will help with that. I think, you know, when they can get um Matt Duffin, it sounds like, you know, perhaps at the end of the month is fairly reasonable and then you know, getting Joey Wendell back, um, hopefully mm-hmm. sometime in June. I think all those pieces are gonna make this lineup more consistent. Um, because they've got a couple of guys in Yandi Diaz and Tommy Pham who put the ball in play, but they've probably got a little more strikeout um in, in the big moment, I think especially. Um, that's impacted, and that impacts close games. I mean, you're talking about eighth, ninth innings, you're facing really, really tough relievers, um, and you've got to do the little things better to score, and that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed.
2: One guy that uh, certainly started out very, very well and was Rookie of the Month is Brandon Lau uh, of of late. It looks like maybe pitchers have made a bit of adjustment. I know he went through some swing-and-miss periods here. Um, What do you think he needs to do to kind of get back in a groove
0: Well, I'm sure there's probably, you know, it's going to ebb and flow with every player. You're going to go through confidence issues. The big thing is I'm watching, um, and I thought the last game against New York, he just missed a couple. He popped a couple Mm -hmm. balls up, um, those high-towering pop-ups, which, you know, I think hopefully is a step in the right direction. That will lead to the high-fly ball that carries out of the ballpark. But, you know, as I watch, I think, I don't know if it's an adjustment that they're making to him. I think more so they are fastballs that I thought he was hitting maybe a, a week or two earlier that he's either swinging through or fouling straight back. And he's not going to get a ton of fastballs. Um, but when he does, and they're in his spot, he's got to be more consistent with making good on them because um, teams are starting to more consistently go fastball up, um, breaking ball changeup down out of the strike zone. You know, he's got to get himself be a little more disciplined, get a little better counts, but I think the biggest thing for me is I think he's fouling some fastballs back that I I looked at and went, huh, that's a pitch I remember him hitting. He's just a a hair off, and as you know, it doesn't take much to to get into a little bit of a funk.
2: Yeah, no, that's for sure. One of the things that uh, will affect the Rays, I think, perhaps moving forward is that you know, uh, the same time they found out about Tyler Glass now, roughly, um, they lost another catcher. They've now lost Two catchers, uh, really, in just about a week. I know uh, Travis Darnold uh, came up and, and did a good job. Um, could, could he uh, – where do you see this going? Where, is this going to affect the pitching staff necessarily? I mean, for what Darnold did, uh, not having played in two weeks and handing that kind of staff with that kind of stuff, I don't think you could ask for much more than that.
0: Yeah, I, I was very impressed with what Travis Burrell did, especially not playing a major league game in two weeks. I mean, that was that was extremely impressive. And look, he's been he's he's caught some really good guys over the years. You know, when you're catching the Mets and you get to Grom and Syndergaard, as um, you can catch them, I guess you can say you can catch anyone. But he missed most of last year coming back from Tommy John surgery, so um, he's not going to be someone I think they can rely on to play every single day. But at the same time, when they lost Michael Perez, he was hoping on two to three weeks before returning, and I spoke to him the last game against New York, and he said he felt significantly better and was going to start getting himself into some baseball activities. Um, I think they're going to have to just battle their way through, and Mike Zanino has said that I'm going to be there for whatever these guys need. Um, I do think that there were certainly moments, at least in the Yankees series, where as well as Travis pitched, you did see – pitchers who maybe took a little more time between pitches, maybe started to think a little bit more. It does mm-hmm. take a little while sometimes to gain that trust. And you're right. Um, they had a trust in Mike Sanino, especially in Michael Perez, too. Um, and having that, you know, certainly is valuable. But I, I think that this that this coaching staff um, will have lots of conversations and will get these guys up to speed quickly. And hopefully there's not too big a learning curve. Um, especially when you've got to face some of the teams they have to face, especially I think the Dodgers and the Yankees in upcoming series because they're so smart and astute about some of the things that the race try and do because they're also very analytically
2: driven. Right. Well, Travis Darnot did a very good job, I thought, uh, given the circumstances that he had, and he'll only get mm-hmm. better as they go along. Um, Tyler Glass now, you know, the the pitcher of the month in the American League has the uh, forearm tightness. Now he's going to miss some time. As I said the other night, I guess it's the glass now half full if you look at it that he's going to come back. But uh, but they're going to be without him. And so now is it a question of maybe going with more openers until such a time he gets back? Or might there be some people uh, coming up from Durham? Or perhaps if there's a player that's out there um, still available, maybe they look at him.
0: Yeah. Um. I would think that they're going to give Yanni Chirino some opportunities to be quick with the third starter at times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then I think there also will be times where they end up using, you know, three openers and three both guys. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Yarbrough can be called up and they can use when they, I think Chirino's play against the Yankees. Isn't the, uh, a great matchup to try and go six, seven innings unless the score is incredibly in the race favor? Um, but I think, and maybe the Dodgers are another, but I think against most teams, um, you know, he does match up fairly well, and maybe he can show he can start on more occasions. Um, but I think they can call Ryan Yarmer up. I think the Dodgers are still susceptible to left-handed pitching. He would be a great long guy to use. I think Jalen beats the same. Um, I've been impressed, too, by Casey Sadler, and you know, yeah. he's been stretched out with as many as 85 pitches in the minors, so
2: um,
0: if they... Mix and match their way to guys that they're going to use for five innings, four, five, six innings in a clip. Um, you know, and and maybe Jake Faria comes up for a spell too, depending on matchups. I, I think they'll be able to work their way through us. They're just going to have to be really smart about how they um, utilize guys and just you know. I think they've been good about not burning anyone out of the bullpen the first quarter of the season, and you know want to make sure the next quarter they're really smart about it too. And then hopefully. Within that quarter they get Tyler Glassnell back. I, I think I breed the huge I was with Glassnell half full too because I breed the huge. I believe whenever I see a picture oh, yeah. call for the trainer and you know, and and he's shaking his forearm, I'm I'm thinking mm. worse. So I was I I I don't want to say thrilled, but I was extremely excited as to, you know, what the decision was. Or yeah, what the, the would the you know MRI said. Yeah, the news, yeah, the, the MRI. News
2: should have been much, could have been much worse for sure. One of the pitchers, uh, of course, that is still going uh, strong for them, thankfully, is is Charlie Morton. Now, uh, you know, he's pitched well. Um, he's allowed a lot of base runners, probably more than you or I, uh, or he may like. But uh, is there any concern, or is it just a veteran knowing how to get out of those jams and minimize the damage? And you got to give him credit for that.
0: I think the biggest thing that I've seen is that he has not been getting ahead as consistently.
2: Um, His first strike
0: percentage is down a year ago, and he thinks that just more reps, um, chatting with him about it, more reps will allow him for better command, Um, Mm -hmm. and that he is still working out some kinks with his delivery. You know, I think that every season is different and guys do evolve. You know, I think, like, for instance, as good as Blake Snell's year was last year, it really wasn't until mid-May that he really kind of figured it out. And, you know, maybe for Charlie Morton, it's something like that for him. Um, He's been great, you're right, with Anderson's scoring position. Um, He's been near unhittable in those spots, and that's kept him in games. But if he wants to go, you know, 30-32 starts, which is his goal this year, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's going to have to limit the traffic and have some more what I would call stress-free innings um, than he has before this season.
2: One guy a year ago uh, that was, was very good was Chaz Rowe, who didn't seem to walk anybody. He had what, 16 over 50 mm-hmm. innings. Um, that's been the problem for him so far, 13 batters in just 12 innings. Uh, can he get that back? Is that is that a confidence thing, a location? Is it is, is it the fastball primarily? What is, what is causing him the most trouble right now?
0: From my perspective, it seems like both. I mean, I think part yeah. of it was – they really limited his workload in March because they didn't want to, you know, he's not a big-bodied guy, a big body right. guy. Um, I think he had some sort of illness going into spring training, and then his back tightened up on a little, and they further reduced his workload, and so he was behind going into the season, and I think it showed the first month. I do think the last few appearances, I at least have seen better. Um, And what what I mean by that is the walks haven't disappeared. I think he's walked a batter in what eight of his last nine out. But I am starting to see a little more consistency with the strike throwing. Um, They stretched him out to an inning at a third his last time out. That last game of the Yankee series, and um, other than one walk, he was perfect. Um, It's better, I think, for the Rays to you know thicken up the bullpen as much as possible with you know missing Tyler out of the rotation. I think guys like Chaz have to, you know, return to form um, because there, are, you know, there's certainly a lot of guys that they can look at on their on their, their roster because they're playing very well right now that they could lean on if they need to. But I think having Chaz and a guy who's been there done that certainly would help.
2: Wanted to get your thoughts uh, about a guy that was up briefly uh, and he hit just about in every game, I think, which was Nate Lowe, um, sent back down. But uh, the one thing we didn't see, Neil, was what he's known for, his power. Um, Mm -hmm. Certainly the more more he would play, I guess we expected him to drive the ball a little bit uh, during the time he was here, right?
0: I I would say so. Um, Some of that might have been nerves. You know, there are Mm -hmm. a lot of guys who come up for brief stretches and it takes them a little while to kind of figure it out and get their time and get accustomed. And, um, you know, I think, I think the big thing, I think he will hit for power when he gets, you know, a consistent opportunity up here. I think that, you know, they still want him to work on his defense because, um, you know, they lifted him. If you remember, I think it was either Baltimore or Kansas city. They, or no, it was Arizona. They lifted him after six innings in one of the Diamondback yeah. games um, to make defensive switches. And a bat like that, you want to make sure he's consistent enough that if you need him in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning of a tight ball game, that you you don't think he's uh, potentially going to harm you on the infield. Um, so I think that's an area where he probably needs to grow the most. Um, you know. You know, he has it well in A, and they are using the same ball there this year, which is new that the Major League ball and the A ball are the same for the first time. Um, and so I think that he'll get accustomed and continue to evolve. And, you know, hopefully it's not long before he's able to help this team for a consistent amount.
2: You know, you had a, a great interview a couple Saturdays ago um, uh, with Austin Meadows. And uh, at that time now he's back in the lineup, of course. But one of the things, Neil, that maybe you can speak to with Austin is, you know, when when he came to the Rays, is Kevin Cash or the management going to him and saying, look, you're going to make the team. How much does that mean to a player like, like like Meadows who could then just sort of take that breath in spring training and look at the the big picture and think, if I stay healthy, maybe I get my 500 at bats and we'll see what I can do?
0: I think it, it clearly meant a lot. Um and look, maybe that played into why you know, we just touched on Nate Lowe. Maybe why we didn't see the power and that he was, you know, worried about when yeah. going down. Um, yeah, you know, sure that certainly could have played into it because he didn't know how long he was gonna be there for it. And you know, they knew Austin Meadows was coming back and lo and behold he goes back down. Um I think I think when a player knows he's here and not only here, but has the opportunity to play and is gonna get that consistent, you know consistency I think it means a lot. I mean, take a look at Pittsburgh last year. He got a very brief stint, um, and they had Charlie Marte and Gregory Polanco and Corey Dickerson. So with no DH where they get back to Amsterdams, Meadows um, in Pittsburgh. And that can you know, he started to fade a little bit after a period. And so because of that, you know, he never really got that consistent chance. And the Rays have said, We think you can play um, I, I think that has to be the case to any player um, at the big league level because this level is so difficult without distractions and concerns. Um, if you can free your mind, I think it allows you to just let your athleticism play.
2: Neil, who's more dangerous in the East right now? Is it the Yankees uh, with the injuries that they have, knowing the guys are going to get back in that unbelievable bullpen that they have, or the Red Sox who really have no reason not to, uh, to, to surge back to the top?
0: I would go with the Yankees, and I kind of felt that way before the year because I thought they were deeper. Um,
2: yeah. You
0: know, the Red Sox really haven't had, okay, they've missed what? David Price for a start or two. I think sure. we all probably expected at 10 point Nathan Avaldi would be out for some period of time. Um, everybody else, other than maybe Dustin Pedroia, who, I mean, he missed all of last year uh, pretty much, have, have been healthy. Gilbreth has been healthy, Ben Intendi, the uh, Betts, mm-hmm. JD Martinez. Um, they've all been healthy and they haven't performed at some point that team is going to get hit by some injuries um i think when i look at the yankees and go okay chad green underperformed and then came back and made the side on sunday and yes they're without the chances but tommy Canely is pitching like that i mean i good as the chances but they have that and chapman i mean the game with them is five innings um and they still have labor Torres, miguel Adumar, and dunbar and I mean, there's – and Aaron Hicks, you come back now. I mean, there's a, a, still a lot in the tank for them. And I, I think they're more balanced. I think they're definitely more dangerous. And I think, um, you know, I, I think I worry about them more because, again, I think they have more intent. and strength. Um, and that's why they've been able to overcome the injuries because um, I think they have a little more depth.
2: Great stuff. Uh, The Rays begin a series in Miami, and then it's on to play those Yankees. He's Neil Solons, the Rays' pre- and post-game host. You can also hear him doing some play-by-play with Dave Wills and Andy Fried. Neil, thanks so much. We appreciate the insights.
0: Anytime. Thanks for having me on again, Rick.
2: Yeah, you know, Steve, I tend to agree with Neil. I do believe that the Yankees uh, are, are sort of the team to watch only because they've done so well with so many guys on the injured list, and I'm talking about you know, big players and guys that are going to come back and and play a good part of this season. And with that pitching staff, you just, you know, they've turned this into really almost every night can be a, you know, by the sixth inning, if you don't got them, you're going to have to battle your way through a pretty tough bullpen. Um, The Red Sox are getting uh, back as well. They haven't had as many injuries as Neil just mentioned. This is going to be a tough, tough race for the next uh, three quarters of the season for the Rays. And, And where they're headed, I think a lot of it will depend on, sort of, you know, how they get guys back. I mean, Tyler Glass now is a big, big piece of that. Can they withstand, you know, you know this period where they're going to have to go with maybe some some more openers or uh, maybe, you know, maybe they let some guys pitch a little longer or, or throw, um, you know, somebody else in the mix as, as part of that rotation with Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. Uh, and, and can they score enough runs? I mean, that, that sort of has been the thing. We, we mentioned their defense has to go better. Uh, than it's been right now but on top of that they just have to string more hits together they're not uh, really you know hitting with men in scoring position the way they need to and in this past homestand we saw that they they relied too much on the home run ball so all that's got to kind of change but i think these teams are all going to kind of stay up together here for a while steve i i bet you that when we get to the all-star break there probably won't be a lot of separation between the rays the yankees or the red sox in my opinion
1: I tend to agree with you. I think as long as the Rays can stay fairly healthy, I mean, the the injuries to the catchers concerns me a lot. And Darno did fine on Saturday, but... You know, as Neil talked about, there's that trust what they have with Zanino particularly, but also with Michael Perez. And you hope they'll gain it with Darno. And and from all indications of, you know, hearing about him as a player in his career, that the pitchers here will gain that trust with him in that. So that'll be okay. But, you know, that's a position they don't have a lot of depth in. Their bullpen still, I still think the Rays need another piece or two in that bullpen. Chazro, as we talked about with Neil, has not been as effective as he was last year. I really like Alvarado. Um Amelia Pagan's been a nice addition back there. Diego Castillo's mm-hmm. done pretty well this year, but I still think you need another arm or two in the bullpen. I mean that's that's the reason I still think the Yankees are the, the cream of the crop in the division is that their bullpen is lights out. I mean Boston is missing Craig Kimbrell this year. Yeah. You know, so th- their bullpen's not nearly as good and it wasn't as good as the Yankees last year and now they're they're worse than they were last year. So you know, I, I still think, but the Rays, you know, one of the things to Sternberg said at the beginning of the year is they have room to make a move if they need to. If after the June draft, Craig Kimball is still available and they want to sign him, they could, or sign somebody else, or make a trade at the trade deadline. You're not going to sign him before the MLB draft in June because you're going to lose your second round draft pick next year, and that's not something the Rays would like to do at this time. But they have some room to make some moves. If they can stay fairly healthy, I think, you know, when they get Tyler Glass now back and, and the schedule for the next few weeks is going to help with that is that there's a lot of off days in the next few weeks. And about a month from now, they're going to go on a stretch where they really have no off days. And so if you lose a starting pitcher at that time, it's going to really tax your, your pitching staff, but they can stay relatively healthy. The Rays are going to be in this most of the season.
2: Yeah, I, I think they will, and I think the pitching is the key. I mean, we've already seen, you know, Blake Snell go out with kind of a freakish accident. Uh, obviously, Glassnell needs to come back. Charlie Morton has to, you know, stay healthy and, and log the kind of innings that he's used to uh, in pitch. You know, and pitch very very well. He can pitch better. I think that's a that's good news. I mean, he's kept them in games, but um, you know, he's allowed a lot of base runners, and and so if he cleans that up, that'll certainly help them. Uh, I I just. I don't know that offensively that they're going to be as consistent as they need to be. I mean, boy, it was nice to see Austin Meadows. If you're a Rays fan, come back and immediately pick up where he left off. I mean, he's he's a big, big key to what they do, and um, you know he's he's been very, very good. And the other guy uh, that John Romano wrote about uh, is Yandi Diaz, and it's a fascinating story. And I think you have to credit the Rays for for finding this guy in the first place because you know here's somebody that. All you knew is that he hit the ball very, very hard. And that seems to be the big buzzword, right, Steve, in baseball, which is velocity, whether it's the velocity coming off the bat, which the Rays are number one uh, in baseball, I think, in terms of the velocity of, of, of you know batted balls. And then they're, they're also, you know, conversely, uh, their pitching staff um, is is also allows the, the lowest velocity off the bat as a staff. So... You look at those two things, but, you know, Yanni was the guy that uh, they talked about, you know, how hard he hit the ball. He's actually hitting the ball, according to Romano, uh, a tad bit lighter in terms of velocity. He's gone – it's not a big difference, but he's gone from 92.1 miles per hour to 91.3, which is incredible just in and of itself to to have that kind of consistency in terms of striking the ball. Um, but when you consider that uh, – uh, you know, he, he's a guy that, that hits more ground balls than, than most, and that has always sort of been his thing was, you know, he got a lot of singles, he got a lot of base hits, that sort of thing. And now he's actually – the biggest difference in him was not that they talked to him about changing the launch angle. They talked to him about, um, you know, just trying to attack the ball more and, you know, not wait for it to get as deep – and he was hitting a lot of balls to right field and that sort of thing and uh, you know, maybe grinding over some at-bats. And, and that can happen when you're, you don't know, you know when you're going to go down or um, how long you're going to be in the lineup or if you're going to get pitch hit for. I think you know, you're up there you know, just trying to make hard contact instead of really you know, trying to attack the ball and drive it. And now that he knows you know, he's a major leaguer on this team and he has a place to play, um, you know, I think that's uh, you know according to the people uh, that Romano talked to with the Rays, that's made a big difference in him and um boy, he's been he's been very impressive from uh, from a, from a uh, power standpoint and you know just uh able to play multiple positions third and first. We mentioned he's you know maybe not as good a glove at third base. And then you think about Steve, I mean what do you you know you think if they get some guys back healthy that they're missing you missing Joey Wendell I mean Joey mm-hmm. Wendell was one of their best players last year, bar none.
1: Oh, not only offensively but defensively. Yes, so, yes. You know, no. I mean, he's a he, he's a big hurt, and maybe you don't realize he's as big of a hurt as he is. But how versatile he is, and how good he was, no matter where you put him. You know, may, right. gave the team a lot of options, from lineups to substitutions to anything else. So you know, sure. losing losing Joey Wendell. I mean, he's been hurt twice this year now. You know, that's been mm-hmm. a, that's been a, that's been tough for them.
2: It has. And I think, you know, uh, Matt Duffy, too, um, that Neil mentioned, you know, uh, for as much as his whole story has been injuries, you know, when he has played, the one thing Matt does is move the baseball. And I think at times, you know, that with men in scoring position, especially the, that the Rays have been, you know, too reliant on the home run ball. Not, not sc- Obviously, they've, they've not hit well with men in scoring position. So if you get one more guy in the lineup on a, on a regular basis that can, um, you know, can make a lot of contact for you. Uh, nearer at the top of the lineup I think that can help you too. So they haven't given up on Matt Duffy. I don't know that you would count on him with his history, but um certainly if he were to come back he would be a player. And then they got to get the catchers back. I mean um you you know, you're right, but but Zanino was I think becoming a big big pit, piece of this pitching staff and the guys were really settled in with him. I still think they're going to pitch well. I think you I would agree with you that the bullpen who definitely need another arm but I'll tell you what I like I like what they got going now they just can't pitch those guys every night particularly when you have the opener you have to find some other people um, that can close out some games for you too so uh, but look so far I mean this was a team won 90 games we talked about it last year a um, lot of new additions they they you know they seem to reinvent themselves every season and and truly if anybody had sat here and said that they thought that the Rays a quarter way through the season was going to be leading the American league East. And not only that be nine games over 500 already. Um, you know, I want to, I want to get some lottery tickets because I'm not sure that anybody saw that. Um, so, you know, so far so good, as they say, I, I think that, uh, that the Rays are, are playing about as well as they can. And if they can clean up some things on defense and somewhere else, they're going to be in it for the long haul. All right, meanwhile, the Bucks begin their organized team activities or OTAs. You'll hear those initials uh, throughout the next month or so. And what these are, um, they don't have to be practices, but that's essentially what they are, except maybe the last day they might go to a bowling alley or some stuff, stuff like that, team bonding type type activities. But uh, it's full squad. It's voluntary still. You'll have both the rookies and the veterans in, which will be very interesting. they got a 90-man roster now with all the draft picks and some of the guys they signed out of the tryout camps and that sort of thing. Um, And so now the rookies will be interacting uh, with the veterans. This is when you'll see, we'll probably see, it's not open to the public, but we'll probably see two practices going on at once with that, you know, large coaching staff with 28 assistant coaches so that the younger guys can be on one field learning and then getting the reps while some of the veterans uh, return as well. Um, You know, I I think this is also going to be, Sort of a big week for Gerald McCoy. I just sense that perhaps uh, this this thing has to come to a head here at some point. You know, it's not going to go world without end. I don't know if that there's any teams. We continue to hear reports, uh, really out of Canton, Ohio, that maybe the Cleveland Browns have an interest, but no one has actually stated that. It's just really one writer's sort of opinion or, or educated opinion. Um, there hasn't been any contact that I know of between the Bucks and the Browns. But certainly there are teams that if Gerald McCoy were available as a free agent or were willing to take less money, and we don't know the answer to any of those, um, you know, he, he would be a guy that uh, I would imagine a number of teams might covet. So maybe we get a resolution uh, sooner than later with Gerald McCoy. Of course, we know Justin Pierre-Paul is out uh, for a minimum of maybe four, even five months. I tend to think it's not going to be that long, but we'll see sort of how that progresses. And we'll get a chance to talk to Bruce Arians after the organized team activity uh, this afternoon and um, you know sort of update you on some of those things as well as you know how the full squad looks it's a it's sort of phase three of their off-season workout program the first phase being strength and conditioning and then you know they had a mini camp before the draft and then you know phase two is when you go on the field and you're with your position coaches and whatnot now the team's are still not in pads can work out against each other in units in groups uh, you know seven on seven eleven on eleven that sort of thing and it, Basically, it's it's good old football practice. So, uh, a good chance for the Bucks to sort of begin the process of learning Bruce Arians' defense and Todd our Bruce Arian's offense and Todd Bowles' defense, and start putting guys uh, in in various places and just seeing how they compete uh, for the uh, for the fifty-three man roster with ninety players now signed for the Bucks uh, as they get ready to head to the OTAs.
1: Hey, Rick, and if you're looking for something to do tonight, as the Rays are down in Miami, but the Rowdies have a home game against the Villages Soccer Club in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. It is free to the public at Al Lang Stadium at 7 o'clock. The Rowdies this year, if you're not aware, are five uh, wins, five draws, no losses. They've given up four goals in those ten games.
2: That's crazy. I'm guessing they must have one hell of a goaltender, right? I'm not sure if they use Um. the
1: opener for the goaltender, not the Rays on the team, but... (laughs) Yeah, you know it's definitely the defense and pitching. You know, as far as you know, yeah. four goals, same in philosophy. 10 games. Yeah. yeah, same, yeah, philosophy.
2: same philosophy. So, not going to score a lot of goals. Not gonna, It's it's goal a prevention, not accumulation, as they say. <laughs> yes, uh, that they're they're practicing so. the Rays way. But now, good for the Rowdies. off to a good start. Yeah. And, and yeah, great they're tied for first
1: place uh, with the New York uh, Red Bulls, or the Red Bull Reserves, as they're called. Their second team that's in the USL there. So they're tied for first in the Eastern Conference.
2: Very cool. And uh, bring the kids and wake the neighbors, and um, yep. you know, you'll know you have a good time at Outlaying Stadium, which is just a beautiful venue any night of the summer. As long as it's not raining, you'll have a good time. Um, just want to remind everybody, I know you have a choice of air conditioning companies. Well, you got to look up my friends at Millionaire, Howard and Sue Million. They've been doing this for a minute. They've been in the Tampa Bay area for a long time, uh, over 30 years, as a matter of fact. And right now, they're offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 today, and you can take advantage of their offer on some brand-new train quality air conditioning units or to schedule service or maintenance. That's 727-862-2100. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.